to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him, his. I'm a queer, political, actor, activist, comedian, cancerian, self-proclaimed, sexy blurb. That's a uh, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by another fabulous minority where we tackle the news, pop culture, politics, media, history, and more, all with a little self-care and self-love sprinkled throughout. It's the Minority Corner Rewind, and we are kicking off the Maximum Fun Drive this week. A little bit of a soft pitch into it before we get to the main episode on Friday, but I thought that for this week, it's Maximum Fun Drive, and we want to give you all some of the best content that we can during this time that helps to make Maximum Fun what it is. This is a time where we get to come together as a community, as a family, and we renew those vows that we have between us as uh, the uh, producers of content and the listeners of content. We can't do what we do without you all. So... I wanted to whip out for this week one of the corners that people still talk about today. It's it's one of the ones that I'm still the most proud of, and it has changed everything. Every time I take a picture, I think about it. And we are going to talk about why your camera is racist. Oh, yes, you didn't know. I'm not even talking about one of your old fuddy-duddy winded-up cameras, even the little hand computer in your hand, the little Google Pixel, the iPhone that you got, why it's racist. Things have gotten better. We're going to go into the history of it because this is still just one of the corners that people still talk about today. And it's one of my favorites all the way back at episode 50. It's episode 245 today, wow. It's been a long time. So we're going back in time to 2016 and uh, cameras are racist then and they're still just a little bit racist now. And then if you stick around to the very, very end, I thought also in honor of the Maximum Fun Drive, we would dip into the archives and also snag one of our segments with one of our big celebrities who, you know, every year celebrities come in and they call and they also become Maximum Fund members. So we're going to dig into one of the conversations we had with Jennifer Hudson. Oh yeah, that's right. Stick around to the very, very end. That'll be tacked on there for you. A very memorable conversation uh, that Aneke was fortunate enough to get to have with her. So we'll have some of those each week in the Minority Corner Rewind to look forward to to revisit. Some great celebrity phone calls coming in the coming weeks. We've had some good ones. Well, all right, let's get into it. We're going to go into why your camera's racist and the history of film and how and why it picks up tones and how this whole entire system has even migrated into the digital age. You will never take a picture the same. Well, let's jump into it, traveling back in time on this week's Minority Corner Rewind. Let's learn, laugh, and play. I forgot to tell you. Yes. That people would ask me where I, they'd ask me like you know what's my story and I'd be like at the pool party and I'd be like yeah, oh okay yeah yeah I'd be like I'm by coastal it was like ah, my <laughs> first foray into really owning that I live in both San Francisco and New York and I own that. I love that good own it because this is your home too over here oh absolutely and New York is my home as well but yes talking about cameras mm-hmm. 
why your camera is racist. So yeah, tell me why my camera's racist. Yeah, I'll tell you why everybody's camera is racist, and not just mine. So this, not just yours. No, <laughs> okay, it's not good. just you and Eke. Good, I, mine I was too hurt. has. Uh, Mine, too, has racist bias towards it as well. Oh, my. So we were taking pictures, and, you know, uh, you know, some of us in our crew are white, and some are, you know, black and brown. So Edgar's Latino, mm-hmm. and he was, and I'm black, and we were taking a picture, and somehow it came up that one of my friends dropped the bomb on me, Edgar uh-huh. said, because Edgar was taking a sexy picture with his, you know, butt around the tree, or I guess he was just hogging a tree, but because okay. it's Edgar, it just automatically turned sexy. Ooh. And... Derek was standing there too, but the focus of the camera went to Derek, even though sexy as Edgar was still there. Okay. And Edgar mentioned, well, cameras all have a natural bias towards whiter skin tones. And I was like, what? So I did some research. Okay, good. Tell me. Break it down. All right. I want to explain to you how film works. So some of this might be some brand new information for some of you who don't have an idea how film photography works. Okay. So I was looking at priceonomics. First, I'm going to chart the history of how film was first produced and how it still affects, even though we're in the digital age, how it still affects um, the way that your camera picks up tones. Mm, So original film... It you know it's this thin plastic you know covered in layer or layers of photosensitive ke- photosensitive chemicals. Yes, and when it's exposed to a very small amount of light, like the tiny amount that hits it when photographers press the camera buttons, um, there's a it's a very subtle image visible to the naked eye, and it forms on the film. Oh, so inter- okay, developing yes. the film makes the image visible. So as a negative, the parts that were exposed to the most light are the darkest, and this is inverted in the printing process. Oh, got it. So that was originally back in the day. And so then it went through many changes. So early photographs were made up of three parts. So there's uh, black and white photographs. Uh, One were taken through a red lens, one were taken through green, and one were taken through a blue filter. Got it. Yeah, like with the when you dip the... When you are developing the film, it has to go in the different baths. Exactly. So that was how the process was all developed. And this process was fine-tuned and pioneered by, who do you think? Uh, Kodak. (laughs) Yes. Um, And (laughs) what ethnic background do you think these folks were? White people. Yes. Specifically, white affluent men in the U.S. were the ones who really pioneered all of this technology. Yeah, because they had the money and the access to it. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, and they wanted people to look at, see how pretty they were and see their travel pictures because they were the only ones traveling <laughs> and taking funny pictures of them and their family, right? Like, oh, man. Yeah. poor folks who were like farmers, they were like, listen, I just gotta get they this. They ain't got no time for that. I gotta get this corn <laughs> ready to go. So <laughs> My children are hungry. And I don't want to take pictures of my starving-ass children because nobody wants to see that. <laughs> That's sad, but all right, yes. So who do you... Th- so knowing that if, you know, white folks were the ones pioneering this technology, they're probably making their photos and cameras and setting all their tones to and for white people. Exactly. So this uh, professor, Lorna Roth, of uh, she's a professor at Concordia. Okay. Sounds fancy. Never heard of it. I've heard of it. It's like an Lorna. online school. Oh. Oh, Okay. Well, she still says, sounds really smart because she says things like this. Yeah. She said that film chemistry, photo lab, 
procedures, video screen color, balancing practices, and digital cameras in general were originally developed with a global assumption of whiteness. Mm. So just to sort of reiterate what it is that you and I were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you think about this, so here's how it all went. So back in the day when you took your little photos and you needed to go to the film shop to get your film developed, it was very, very, very likely that these shots were calibrated against a Caucasian woman Mm. who her name was dubbed Shirley. Oh, a specific woman. Your photos... Yeah, it's an excellent woman. Um, Why It was her? called the Shirley... Co- I don't know. Okay. Somehow Shirley was the litmus test for all photos. So was back she in the day, Like, what the hell? <laughs> she was this white woman. She was wearing a white dress. Oh. And she had black gloves on. Oh. Um, and she had a pearl necklace. And she was surrounded by three pillows. This is luxurious. Of primary colors, so blue, like the primary colors, blue, red, and yellow. Um, so, James, real quick. Yes? They kind of went a little ridiculous <laughs> with this picture. With the Shirley card? Yes! Her hair was brown. She also had, like, brown okay. auburn hair. <laughs> so everything was about the Shirley card. She was yes. the litmus test. So, oh, man. It didn't, so if they were, like, if they were testing to see if, like, all the chemicals and everything was right, um, if Shirley's dress was yellow, or if her peach skin wasn't peachy, if any of the oh. pillows, if the pillows were messed up, they were like, uh-oh, we gotta reset everything. Oh, snap. So, if you do not match those things in the Shirley card... God damn it. Your pictures are probably gonna turn out pretty fucking fucked up. Yeah! So... I mean, it's just, a, you know, with a white body as the light meter and all other skin tones are becoming deviations from the norm. Ooh, this is a good analogy for racism and sexism today. We're not mm-hmm. mad at Shirley. We're mad at the systems that were set up. Shirley, do your to, thing. Apparently your <laughs> picture favor was... favor Shirley. Yeah, and a picture, your picture was apparently hella cute. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's now the decades of, of what that created around it, Shirley. Yes! So Kodak, who developed all of the the system and technology, um, they distribute Shirley cards and unexposed unexposed negatives of Shirley cards to photo labs everywhere for quality control. So she was the litmus test, right? Yes. Um, There's this one quote from Adam Broomberg. He held an exhibition in 2013 around the subject of race bias in early photography, and he said that if mm-hmm. he exposed film for a white kid, uh, the black kid sitting next to him would be rendered invisible except for the whites of his eyes and teeth. Which God you, damn it! Th- and think about, like, you know, as you go on, like, I, so many pictures I've seen from, like, you know, my family, or if you look in, like, old photos, and kind of yeah. keep this in the back of your head, maybe we can unpack this a little bit later, but, you know, jokes that get said about, like, oh, I can't see so-and-so except for their teeth. Yeah! And, Interesting! I'm now seeing the connection! Right? And so, uh-huh. and the sort of shaming that that sort of happens towards black folks and their inability to show up in pictures that were never designed for their skin tone. Oh, wow. This is fascinating. So Shirley wasn't only used in the labs. So photography Mm. studios, film production crews, they all started using the sort of uh, Shirley cards and the the way, and the Shirley test. And TV crews would often use what they called uh, color girls, who often enough, who oddly enough were all white girls. And so they would use... Uh, these color girls to uh, to discover like the balance of the camera, so they might have them hold up like a black or a white card to figure out the cal- the camera balance. Um, but these girls were oh. always white. So yeah. NBC used to use these. A lot of different production crews. 
so film photography has a lot to do with chemical composition and for decades uh, color film yeah. in the US was calibrated to highlight Caucasian skin tones and mm. there was this um there was this documentary producer, Jean-Luc Godard. He was a new wave filmmaker, and he was commissioned to make a film about Mozambique. And he reportedly yeah. refused to use the Kodak Chrome film, which was the most popular film color at the time, because he complained that the film was developed for primarily a white market, and he pretty much called it uh, that film racist. Good for him. Good right. for him. Okay, so um, Roth, who I was talking about earlier, who is the professor, she goes on yeah. to explain that film emulsions could have been designed initially with more sensitivity to the continuum of yellow, brown, and reddish skin tones. But the design how? process. Well, but I there there was but here's the thing. She's what she's saying is that um, the design process would have would have had to have been motivated by a recognition of the need for an extended dynamic and range. Because right. no one had an interest in developing that sort of technology or even had the forethought. They didn't care to, right? They didn't uh, see anything. Yeah. They didn't see a need to. Mm. Um, that it's possible, and it would have been possible, but no one cared to. They just so, didn't want to do it. Yeah. Why would they? Like, they were, you know, if your photos are turning out nice and fine, right? then you have no room. It's so interesting because it's sort of like, I mean, again, this is another example of white privilege, even looking at, right. you know, Band-Aids were designed for white folks to be able to match the, the color of their skin tone. And exactly. if it's, again, you're not, you, why would you have any interest in changing the status quo when you're not affected by it? It's like a perfect, like, grand metaphor or an example of white privilege it's an ex it, it is a 100 percent example of white privilege it is like <laughs> if you if you're not affected then you don't care right absolutely so there was a british film studies professor richard dyer he wrote this book in 1987 called white and he mm. said in his book, he said, in the history of photography and film, getting the right image meant getting the one which conformed to prevalent ideas of humanity. And this included mm. ideas of whiteness, of what color, what range of hue white people wanted white people to be. So essentially, like, sort of just setting the tone of, like, you know, what the right image was. And so yeah. think about how this filters in, especially into photography and, like, modeling and mm. trying to get that right or white look so you show yes. up. And so your skin tone's not showing up correctly and that you're not getting the full contours or whatnot. But things did start to change. Um, but okay. there's one good example of this uh, before I get to that, that if you watch Sidney Poitier in the in the movie In the Heat of the Night, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. hella sweating throughout that entire movie. And there's one scene in particular when he's next to Rod Steger. And it's not just because it was hot and then in the South, but it's also because what they started doing is just throwing a ton of light onto black folks. So they just have to oh, like... light... Oh. Gotta light them up, right? So the idea yeah. is, I'm gonna light them up. Because again, the technology is not designed to um, capture black skin tones, so then the other option is, well, we'll just put a bunch of light on him. So, oh my it, god. interesting, because I've been in the film shoots, and like I have to have a ton of light on me. And I sweat a lot, as it naturally is. So... This uh, technique was even adopted into... So everyone started using this technique of like, all right, just put a bunch of light on black folks. That'll that'll do it. And it was even adopted by the apartheid and the South African government. So oh. the Polaroid cameras that were used for even for ID, for photograph IDs, there was a little yeah. boost button. And so 
since black skin absorbs 42% more light, the boost button um, would produce 42% more light. So they're eventually- just burning us then? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> damn light. So I think eventually, um, <laughs> eventually an American Polaroid employee discovered this in 1970 and successfully campaigned for the boycott of this. And in 1977, Polaroid withdrew from South Africa. 1970? It took seven years? Jesus. Well, he finally discovered it. Yeah, it took a it took it took a good while, but you know, I think they're still having the apartheid happening there too. So, um, this assistant professor of film at Howard University, Montre mm-hmm. Aza, Missouri, said mm. what he said was that he was instructed of the following in school. This is what they taught him in film school. So this is how now mm. We understand that film's not de- the film's not designed for black folks. So now, um, what do we do, right? So this is right, what film. Right. How do so we fix it? What's the solution? So this is what he was instructed. If you found yourself in the un- unfortunate situation of shooting on the dark continent, are you kidding and if you're me? Shooting dark skinned people. Are you kidding then you me? Should rub-, rub Vaseline on their skin in order to reflect light. Stop it. So this is part of, like, the things that they're teaching them. You know, put Vaseline on them or put immense fucking ways of light. Again, no one's wanting to revisit the technology and how it's being used. This is stupid. And so here's the thing. So why did any of this change? So Earl Cage, former manager of Kodak Research Studios, said that the black community never brought it up as an issue except when parents were complaining about school graduation photos and portraits. So they never were speaking out about it. But isn't that possibly because black folks didn't understand how, I mean, most people don't understand how film works. Right. Most people are just kind of like, I take a picture, that's how I look. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily think to go out and like contact you know, or or to, to have a protest, and you're just thinking like, oh damn, my pictures are turning out pretty shitty. Oh, that's weird. Oh, my white friend looks really good in it. Oh, not I guess to I mention just... we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, absolutely. We're not like <laughs> that's not the only thing. Um, <laughs> I know. So Kodak finally did get pressure to change their technology. Oh, but good. It, but it wasn't from black folks. It wasn't oh. from the black community. It wasn't from anybody who said, hey. It wasn't from any allies saying, this is fucked up, the technology needs to be changed. It was from Uh. economic pressure. So, a chocolate company was dissatisfied with film's ability to render the difference between chocolates of different darkness. Stop it. Yes, I know, I can't make this up. And furniture They favored chocolate over black people. So a chocolate company was like upset, because they're like, oh, they can't tell the difference between our chocolates. And furniture manufacturers (laughs) were upset, because you couldn't tell the different stains and woods. And that's when Kodak decided to do something different in their technology. This is killing me. I know. Yeah. So, oh, my, you know, what and, year was this? Uh, this was the, coming into the eighties. So, and I'll and get what? Yes. Yeah, so, but many black and brown folks probably just assume that you know, again, it, it was it was it was reflected in art inadequacies, or photographers were able to, you know, we're not really thinking, we're not understanding the technology that it's probably the film, right? Right. Um, So in 1986, after decades and decades of poorly balanced photos, Kodak released what we eventually know it as Kodak Gold. Oh, yeah. I remember Kodak. That's Kodak Gold. Oh, my God. Kodak Gold was created to be able to, for black people to show up better in photos. (laughs) Wasn't perfected. And that's why they had Bill Cosby hucking that Kodak film. 
That's why they picked Bill Cosby as That's their That's why they had Bill Cosby shucking and jiving to be their spokesperson. That's my theory. I don't know. But that's, you know, because he was always about, oh, get the Kodak gold. Yeah, he was. This is crazy (laughs) to me. The chocolate part is stupid crazy to me. I know. So in the 1990s, uh, things started to, the, the, the Shirley cards actually started to disappear because we started to, or they started using them less because uh, we're going into more digital photography and right. photo processing. Yeah. So how does this, dis- but so how does it work out in the digital era? Yeah. So Sarita McFadden pointed out this. Today, the science of digital photography is very much based on the same principles of technologies that shape film photography. No. In low light, the sensors search for something that is lightly colored or a light skin before the shutter is released. God damn it. Focus it on a dark spot and the camera isn't active. It only knows how to calibrate itself against lightness to define the image. So the same technology that was built for these ancient ways of film is the same ways and same principles that they took into building all of our digital cameras as well. Oh my God. Right. And nobody changed it. Nobody was I mean, like, like, there are some, I'm not saying like, I mean, I'm showing up in photos, it is, but the still the norm and basis was, it, it, and still is, they're setting, you know, balancing of photos against, you know, white folks images. And yeah. there's still like some technology that's out there that you can press a button or you can adjust things here and there. Uh, but the basis is still the same old process. And Damn. So, someone had even said that... Um, when Whoopi Goldberg had her talk show, yeah. they had two gam- cameras, one balanced for the guests and one balanced for Whoopi Goldberg. So one was balanced for each person. And if you put the Whoopi Goldberg's camera on like the white guest, like that guest like looked terrible apparently. This is ridiculous that in this day and age that like we're still like we'd rather or people would rather just have a special camera or special lighting for black people instead of figuring out technology to make sure that we all look good on it. They don't care. Um, Daniel Patterson, though, he did the Spike Lee movie, The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and he actually decided that he did something. I guess he said that he changed the wattage of the bulb um, and used a dimmer when he was shooting. Like, he'd have scenes with, like, dramatically different skin tones of folks, right? And yeah. shooting at nighttime. And his film turned out just fine, and he um, didn't have to use any film lights. He just used a uh, wattage of a bulb and a dimmer. Oh. And he was so surprised that it was able to work out. So you kind of have to have a photographer or a film director who's just is really willing, I guess, to, again, work and understand with the technology of a broken system, like working with a broken system because no one's really looking to fix it. Yeah, why aren't people looking to fix it? (laughs) And like hopefully that there are film directors and and, and teachers um, like some of the ones I mentioned before who are out there teaching, you know, folks in the correct way. Yeah. You know, yeah. So fast forwarding, um, just a few modern examples of how this is still actually happening. So fast forwarding today, there was, um, in 2010, one of the users, a user called her Nikon Coolplex camera racist because the camera sensor failed to recognize the particular contours of her face. And I guess a message popped up on the screen of her camera Mm -hmm. uh, inquiring whether or not she had blinked and she replied and she posted this because she was so upset that this happened. Yeah. She took a picture and it was like, oh, did someone blink? And she was said, no, I'm just Asian. And oh, she posted no, that. Oh, no, it's terrible. 
So to answer your question, yes, even today in low light, the sensors search um, for something that is lightly colored or lightly skinned before the shutter release. Um, <sighs> same thing is sort of going today. And Ava DuVernay critiqued the production team on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, yeah. For, I guess there's a character named Chalky White. And yeah, he's she really said, dark skinned. Michael K. Williams, I want to say his name is. Oh, yeah, I know him. Mm-hmm. Um, not personally, but... Um, no. <laughs> she... <laughs> we're always doing stuff together. She said, <laughs> she wrote, she, Ava was like not having it. And she was like, I do not appreciate the way that Chalky White is not lit properly. Mm. And that doesn't mean that he has to be overlit. It means that's a dark brother. And if he's in a frame with a lighter skinned person, you have to, you don't automatically light for the lighter skinned person and leave him in shadow. Thank you. And that's what happens a lot. I've been in films where it's like, I'm a little dark over there. Yeah. But they're just setting things towards like the lighter skin tones over there. It's so true. I get it. And and like he was in that terrible when the bow breaks. He played the um detective guy that was in it for oh, two seconds. Right. Yeah, that's right. He came in there and he was fucking shit up. Right. And he was lit fine in that movie. Right, because you had to, like, and I guess maybe that's the advantage. It's, like, an all-black film, so there, someone is on there knowing how to, you know, like, black folks. And this also just reminded me of back in 2015. Yeah. When, remember remember the Google, when the Google Photos app first came out, and it was tagging black people as gorillas? No! What? That's okay. racist as hell. So this I shit can't is still, that. So this is still happening even today. What? So Google Photos... Um, the Google Photos had like this uh, new app, and it was a huge, big reveal. They were so excited about it because it was going to automatically like tag people and just do all this, you know, algorithm magic voodoo science shit. Okay. Well, what it started doing is it started tagging photos of black people as gorillas. That's disgusting. And- Right. So again, like someone on your team was either writing that algorithm, something is wrong there, right? Something yeah. is, maybe it wasn't, you weren't processing enough folks of black folks, enough photos of black the folks. The system so is broken. The system is absolutely broken. Um, and also Google has been doing, you know, they do a lot of weird shit. That like, apparently, yeah. when there was a time in 2015 that if you were to uh, type some racial slur into Google Maps, it would give you the address of the White House. Stop it. Yes. James, and I can't you, handle that. Yeah. And you brought up the, uh, I'm going to give you them all, and then you can let me know how you're feeling. Um, I know it's a lot. I'm throwing so much at you. No, and but it's the, good. But remember when you were Googling like black teenagers versus Googling white teenagers, the type of pictures that would come up. Oh, yeah. The huge difference. So if you look at Google, the 70% of their employees are men, 60% of the company's employees are white, and 31% are Asian. Mm. Combined African-American and Latinos make up only 5% of the workforce. 5%? Jesus. Yes. So again, it goes back to so many things that we've we've had conversations in. So it goes back to the early days of film when it's just white people creating things or only thinking to create things for white Themselves. So... Why you need to why diversity in the workplace is is so incredibly important. So you're not getting yourself into a million dollar fucking lawsuit of tagging black people's as gorillas. As gorillas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what? So, Ugh. That's the history of film, and that's why your camera is racist, <laughs> and why this shit is still actually kind of happening today. So don't tease your your friend when you know they're like I've heard it so many times of like you know maybe even someone who's like darker than me of like oh we can only see you know so and so's teeth in their eyes oh like, I hate that shit that comment is rooted 
in racism. Yes. And your technology that you're using is also rooted in racism. You're using a machine that was not designed for people of darker skin tones. It's so true. It's like, it reminds me, and this is just like a dumb, simple example, but it's so true. Photo booth pictures. Um, oh. Way back when, me and my friends used to love taking photo booth pictures, but I would always want to take a color photo booth. But even color and black and white, I would come out so dark. And Mm-hmm. One, there's nothing wrong with being dark, but you just want to be represented properly when you're in a film, right. you know? Yes. And so I would always get really frustrated, and I started to just dislike taking photo booth pictures. But thankfully, lately, the ones that have been, like, more digital, I feel like have been balanced a little bit better, so... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. because, like, the cameras know how to pr- pick up the different shades and, like, white skin tones, but not black. It just right. doesn't... It doesn't see it. It doesn't see us. And so we are therefore, like, even in technology, we are then invisible, even within our own tech, even within technology of, of photos. And just think about, like, again, how this, like, you know, we get represented in, in pictures and in, in the media. Right. I mean, this all ties in together from, from what is beautiful and what is, and how they deem us sometimes as, like, you know, animalistic exactly. gorillas. Like, even so today, like, we're viewed as an animalistic gorilla. According Awful. to the Google app, right? Ugh, so God. wanted to just, because it blew my mind when I heard it. And then I did all this research and I just, the history of it is there. So maybe we need to take a step back. And yes. it's funny because it's just, it's it's related to everything that's involved in race. But we need to take I it back know. and look at our system yes. or our technology and recreate something new. Because our systems are flawed and we're designed for a it's specific broken. group of people. And our technology is also broken and designed for a specific group of people. They're one in the same. That's so true. James, this was, this has been like <laughs> so informative and so fucking interesting. Like really everybody, we cannot live in a post racial world. No one can say that because our systems right. have been flawed from the very beginning and we're just now trying to correct them. So absolutely. This is, like, even something as innocuous as Kodak film. You wouldn't normally think, oh, yeah, there's racism built in there. But there is. And you just, like, broke it down completely. So I just want everybody to, next time you're taking a picture, don't put Vaseline on your your black friend's face. Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't try, yeah. (laughs) I guess you kind of just have to put more light on them. But don't overexpose them. Right, um, don't burn and let's them. Look into some better technology because it's 2016 and this shit should not still be a thing. Right? If you are like tech savvy and you like tinkering and figuring out photography and different ways that film can develop and what it's look what how cameras can work when they're looking for the subject of their of the picture, do it. Help us change here. the system. Yeah. Change the system. It's activism. Absolutely. So yeah, even so sometimes people are like, what can I do to help? I think we all work in different fields and avenues where you can help. Maybe you're not, you know, a go out in the streets and protest person or yell at your grandma because she's voting for Donald Trump, but maybe you're a tech savvy person. So consider like just what Aneke said. And also when you're developing new technologies, have a this is why it's important to have a diverse team and Mm, also think outside of the group that you just represent. Right. Think about is us Gladys as a whole. Gonna let, see, this is why Gladys needs to be the new litmus test. That's why I said it before. So, yeah. it's so black true. lesbians in a wheelchair. That. See? <laughs> That's why we need it. Not Shirley. 
but Gladys. No, Shirley is fine on her couch with her multicolor pillows and her black gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Living that luxury life. She, she's about that life, so. <laughs> All right. And there it is. Wow, you will never look at a film's featuring black people the same ever again. Like when I'm watching movies, I can tell when, especially if it's like a Spike Lee movie or a movie that has um, like, ooh, in the new movie, The Old Guard, highly recommend. I'm sure we'll do a deep dive into it on Netflix. Blew me away. Oh my God. Cliff Notes, I feel seen. Such a great fucking sci-fi movie that was so incredibly inclusive. But one of the protagonists, she's black and there's a scene with her and Charlize Theron and it's at night. And I can see them both. They're both so beautifully well lit. So big snaps to Gina Prince Blythewood, who I had mentioned a few weeks ago when I was naming prominent black female directors. She did uh, For Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights, and she's slaying it. She was supposed to direct the Sony um, Silver and Sable movie, but that got nixed. It was going to be in the Spider-Man cinematic universe. So there is that little tidbit of information. You just get so much when you're here. All right, let's get into the review of the week. This one comes from Dr. Mr. Sharper. Wrote five stars. I love this show. I'm a recent subscriber and I'm totally hooked. I look forward to the next funny, insightful, well-researched episode that keeps learning about intersectional topics, entertaining and engaging. I especially appreciate the fact check segment that shows such an admirable commitment to accountability and accuracy in reporting and journalism. Love you, James. Keep it up. Wow, really appreciated this one reading, especially just knowing that y'all appreciate the fact check. I know sometimes the episodes can run a little bit long, but I want to try to fit those in there. And sometimes it's like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I got to get this episode out. So the fact check maybe gets a little bit skimped there. So just good to know. I appreciate the call out and appreciate the, I appreciate you appreciating the work that we're doing over here. So thank you so much. Also really appreciate the reviews because sometimes people say and write, you know how people can be. They can say and me write really terrible things. So it really means the world when you're able to read something uh, about someone just really appreciating the work that you do. So I really appreciate that. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. How many times can I say that? And over on Twitter, which you can always tweet at us at Minority Corner, it's about with a K. This one is from at insert Sydney pun. The greatest thing at my brother and brother and me has done is feed drop at Minority Corner. I started listening and I've learned so much. I enjoy the different conversations. There's a lot as a white TM wouldn't think about, but hearing James plus his many co-hosts discuss is eye-opening. We too here at Minority Corner are super grateful for that feed drop. We've gotten so many new wonderful people to the Minority Corner family and uh, it's been great. At Identify Yaz Happy wrote, retroactively cringing that they use the Zippity Doodah songs in commercials for Disney, for Disney parks. Thanks at Minority Corner for reposting this. Last week, we did on the Minority Corner Rewind the five racist rides at, racist rides at Disneyland and talked about uh, Zippity Doodah and its racist roots. Yeah, right? Never going to sing that song the same ever again. Or sing it at all. That song should be put in a song museum. And also, we got a fact check tweet at 
Sarah Lee Marie wrote, At Minority Corner, just listened to episode 244. Nice call out on Cards Against Humanity, but it sounded like you thought Max Temkin was calling out the org. He runs it and has vanished off the internet after being called out for sexist controlling behavior. More on top of what you identified. Yes, I think I had mentioned Max Temkin. I was sight reading the article. I hadn't really gotten my notes and my bullet points. So I think I said some names wrong. So thank you for the call out. want to make sure we get those facts out right. And they also then did a second tweet saying, um, at Sarah Lee Marie did a second tweet said, I've listened to MK for a long time now and I'm so grateful to you for giving me a fresh perspective I could never have on my own. Massive fan. Thank you. That was a two part tweet. So you too can get in on the conversation over on Twitter. It is the Maximum Fun Drive, so there's a lot of um, a lot of tweets that are happening. If you do decide to become a member this year, please let us know on the Twitter so we can just share our appreciations for you. If you added us this year, if you upgraded, uh, we'd love to just be able to let us know. Because we're definitely going to be like, thank you a bunch. I'm going to do, I need to say this. I'll do it as much as I possibly can because there's like thousands of people. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay up on the Twitter. We ain't got an intern. We need an intern. Okay. So coming up on this week's episode of Minority Corner, we were talking about the wives of famous black women. Uh, We were talking about the wives of famous black figures. And that got me thinking about Frederick Douglass and wanting to do a deeper dive into him. So Aneke will be back this week to explore. You think you know Frederick Douglass, but you have no idea. We know about his wife, but what about this man? What are some common misconceptions about Freddie D? And of course, we will be continuing the Maximum Fun Drive. And a big thanks to all of you who've already become new or upgrading members. We appreciate and love you all so much for just, we can't do what we do without you all. So if you are interested in becoming a member or upgrading your membership, remember you can go to MaximumFun.com slash join. And now we're going to dip into the archives. We'll leave you with this. And we're going to dip into the archives. We had a little celebrity guest who called in, who also want to become a member. Now, some of the gifts that we talk about are not this year's gifts, and I think the website is different, so make sure you go to MaximumFun.com slash join, and not the old address, because I don't know where that will take you to, and I don't want that for you. So here it is, uh, Jennifer Hudson, she called in, she became a member, so if J-Hud could do it, so can you. And some of you might think, hey, that sounds like Fat Albert, or James doing a really bad Jennifer Hudson impression, and you know what? That's offensive. Don't make fun of the way that Jennifer Hudson talks. Wait, wait, wait. I think my phone is ringing. Let me just pick it up okay. real quick. Because okay? I know last year we said that we were going to get the celebrity guest and she did not come in, but yeah, I think but she's coming what? in. Let me, let me just, let me just okay. get this phone call right okay. real quick. Okay. Hold on. Hello. Who's this? This is an Hello. Uh, Hello, hey, and I'm Wait. telling you. Oh my god, is this Jennifer Hudson calling me? Hey, Nikki, I'm a huge fan. Oh man, I feel so honored that I'm you. Sh- I don't even know how you got my phone number, but you know what? I'm glad I have that I'm my able ways. to answer this phone call from you. Beyonce's not the only one who's got magical powers. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't make it last year, but I am back this year for the Maximum Fun Drive. Oh my god, so are you, you want to be a member? Are you I'm here to, to get a membership? I'm here to get a membership. How do oh I do god. it, girl? How do okay. I do it? 
Well, first, can I tell you some benefits <laughs> on you becoming a member? I'm so oh. excited for you to become a member. Why should I become a member? Well, first of all, you are going to feel good every time you listen. I know you already feel good during I your breaks on the, on the voice. Uh, but I'm now like, when you, you can listen, sing. You can sing, now, girl. Ooh. Now you'll be able to feel even better because you contributed to our podcast. Thank you very much, Dayhood. I love gonna, contributing to things. You're going to help us reach our 25,000 goal. So are you a new member or are you upgrading? I'm a new member, but my friend Beyonce, she's going to be upgrading. Okay, good. So for you, I am going to ask that, you know, you can start off at a $5 a month, and then you're going to get bonus contact uh, content. Are you excited about that? What? You know what? I got money. So what happens at the next level? Because you saw I bought that purse in Sex and the City, and she gave it to me for free. Okay, well, since you're saving some money off of that purse buying, maybe you can afford a $10 membership, which you're going to get an exclusive enamel pin designed Ooh, by Megan Lincott with uh-uh. the Wonder Twins. Do you want to be in a, do you want to be a, um, a honorary Wonder Twin, J-Hud? What about me? Yes, I want one. <laughs> Okay. What about me? You know what though, J-Hud? I feel like yeah. you can afford even more. I can kick it up a notch. Uh, you got wh- that voice money right uh-huh. now from the, being a judge on The Voice. You can afford a ten do- or $20 per month membership. I and could. you like to cook? You like Ooh, to cook? I love to cook. And I'll be in the kitchen cooking up a storm. Okay, well maybe you can use the Max Fun Family Cookbook that comes with the $20 membership. And oh. you know what? I know you like James. James is maybe one of your favorite. I, I would too. Out of the two I don't like his impressions of me. They're not very <laughs> good. But I like him. Well, then he has a recipe of a sloppy joe that you can do. And, and you can feel closer to James that way. Maybe you can I understand his impression a little bit better when you I use that. I love sloppy joes. But then- I... I'm standing in the spotlight. I want to I wanna be a, a bigger member because I'm Jennifer okay. Hudson. Well, maybe you can try out this 30, $35 per month membership. And I know how much you like juice. I love so juice. You, can- <laughs> you see my Weight Watchers commercials? I've been drinking the juice. So then that way you can pour your juice into this one liter juice carob <laughs> that is beautifully enameled with the Max Fun Rocket logo. Ooh, you know who ain't got one of those? Beyonce. Who? So I can rub that in her face and be like, look what I got, Beyonce. Face. And you I'll betcha. be drinking my juice out of my carob and she don't have yeah. one. So be like, what about me? And you'll be like, no, I got this. Yeah. So, do you want to know how you can get all of this stuff? How do I get all that stuff? Renekka, you so sweet as pie. Okay, so what I want you to do is to go to maximumfund.org uh-huh. okay. slash donate. Right. Okay. And okay. then you're gonna you're gonna select the membership level that is right for you, okay. 35 or higher, because I know you got that money. You know what? I wanna go and see what the other numbers are. So I'm gonna go look at that when we're done. So I wanna donate more money. Okay, good. I'm glad. And then I want you to provide your credit card number. I know you got that American Express Black. I do. So you put that in there. Girl, I got it out right now out of okay, my purse. Good. You put your basic information from that free purse. from. Sex I'm not basic, City. but I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> and then 
you select the maximum friend show that you listen to, which is Minority Corner. Let I'll, me just help you I'll, out with that. Oh, that is the one. I'm going to click it right now. <laughs> and now you're a member. Oh, it's about me. <laughs> and I'm me. And me. And me. I am a member. I am a member. I have to thank you because you just helped us go further towards our goal of obtaining 25,000 new and upgrading members. So thank you, J-Hud. You're welcome, Renekka. Remember, turn into the voice. (laughs) Can you tell people to do it right now, too, please? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just donated and it. I mean, I just became a member and it was so easy. You can do it, too. So be like... J Hood. And, <laughs> Thank you, and, J Hood. And be all the Beyonces out there who are already members, I think you can upgrade. And you, and you, and you, you'll be a member. Oh, I gotta go to work. Bye, girl. Okay. Bye. Thanks, J Hood. All right, that's going to do it for us for this week's Minority Corner Rewind. See you on Friday. Thank you all so much for listening to Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. Love y'all. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.